0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
2: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network.
1: This is All Things Elite. Back the all things elite load up the pod in the song when we speak rich right here let me warm it up for Austin and Floyd couldn't be no one but the boys when it come to all things elite from the fan perspective swear man it ain't no question hear from the first swear man they putting in the work no they had to get me for the verse social suplex network zone I was at a time in your headphones Austin and Floyd on the microphone backing out on the red getting in the zone on oh pulling up the show give us seven stars, you already know who else could it be but the show with a proclivity for positivity I'm gone welcome everyone to the 208th episode of Social Suplexes podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity welcome to all things elite i am your host lloyd johnson and with me today in honor of hispanic heritage month and to help us pop our mexican demo here is mr jesus jr perez how you doing today jesus
2: just like the late great eddie guerrero did for wwe on smackdown and all the hispanic towns the professor the lucha professor is here to pop the hispanic crowd for all things elite it's great to
1: be here can't wait to talk about all the excitement that happened this week in AEW with you. All right, so he is filling in for Austin. Funny story, I was like, Austin's like Floyd. He sends me this message. He's like, something came up. I can't make the show. So I'm like worried about Austin. I'm like, dude, oh, you, dude, I got it. I'll, I'll get someone to cover. We're cool. Is everything okay? And he's like, oh, I got invited to a concert. I'm like, hey, motherfucker. Leave, lead with that, okay? And just say, "Hey, I got invited to the concert. I'm going to the show." Because, like, my first thing when someone says something come up, something coming up is usually not good. (laughs) You know what I mean?
2: Especially in the middle of the week. (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't even know they did concerts in the middle of the week.
1: Yeah, I'm like, I'm I'm fine with it, dude. Whatever, you. Yeah, (laughs) like, just say, "Hey, I got invited to the show." I'm going to go to the show. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I got you. No, it was just, it was funny because I was like, hey, man, don't be putting stress on this old man's heart here thinking something's up. Uh, but well, Way to bury the leaves. Yeah, I was like, dude, yes, you got invited to the concert. Awesome. Good. <laughs> like That's that's a good thing. That's a good reason to not make a show this week. But yes, we did skip a week last week. Um, We were trying to record and we often record at night why i'm doing something else the something else got in the way of me recording last week so we couldn't get an episode in so that sucks we apologize for that uh we try to be pretty consistent on at least getting one show a week it might not be on the day that we always wanted to be on but we try to get one show a week so uh please you know don't don't let that stop the support uh yeah, our show has been doing pretty well as far as uh people listening. So uh, keep telling your friends to download the show through the social, uh, through the All Things Elite feed. Um yeah, so it'll be fun. Thank you, Jr. for being our kind of our permanent feeling. I'm like you are pretty much as much part of the team as anyone. I know you don't. You got away from the doing the committing to weekly podcast thing because it drains on you and you know drains on you mentally. So the fact that you are willing to jump in. When uh, Austin or uh, can't get in, I definitely appreciate that.
2: No, I mean, I appreciate being on. And, and as, it may, as people may not know, I'm a legit educator working higher education. When we were sitting at home during the pandemic, I had a lot of time on my hands. Now, unfortunately, everything is back up and running. We're going to our second full year back, you know, working in, in higher education and there's a lot of you know tasks and agendas that I do, and because of the way my quote unquote biological you know clock is, I tend to go to bed about 9 o'clock, you know, at night, and I wake up at five o'clock in the morning every day to get ready for work to head towards you know my university that I work at. So, you know, some of that time is just gotta get the batteries rejuvenated for the thing that pays the bills. As much as I'm talking about wrestling, I got to make sure. I get the energy for the students uh, to be able to do my job to the best of my ability. So, you know, being not committing to come every day, it's not that I don't want to, it's just sometimes I, Hey, I gotta get that. I gotta get that juice back in the battery so I can, you know, do that thing that pays my uh, light bills.
1: Keeping the main thing. The main thing is that as they say, we definitely have uh, this week, always we start off with the news of the week, but we're going to have two news of the week. We're going to have the news of last week. And then the news of this week. The news of last week is there was reports that came out after Jay Cargill had uh, lost her uh, match against Chris Statlander on uh, Collision on the 18th. Or no, it wasn't on Collision. It was on Rampage on the 15th. So we're, uh, that, that was her finishing up with AEW. She has signed with the WWE. And shown up at the Performance Center this week or wherever this week, or she'll be in the main roster, whatever. But it's pretty much official that she got a a nice send-off from AEW, and she's signing with WWE. Um, All right, so JR, we got a couple questions for you. First of all, JR, uh, Jade's impact in time in AEW, I'd like your thoughts on it, so just, just... did they, in your opinion, did they use get what they could out of her? I mean, did they leave stuff on the table? What do you think?
2: Well, I, I think when it comes to Jay Cargill, this is uh, an individual that had a great presence about her. A phenomenal look. Looks like chiseled out of granite. A Greek goddess. And that is the first thing that you look at it in professional wrestling and I think a lot of ways, what makes you unique? What makes you stand out? I remember, uh, you know, Kevin Ashworth said, do they pass the airport test when the airport test, it's like, if you saw him in the airport, would you turn around, and be like, Oh my God, that person must be somebody important. And that's what I always felt. Jay Cargo. She, she looked important. The way she presented herself is that she was a very big deal. As far as what AW did with her, I would say they did uh, things with her to help build her to be the star that I think she is. I don't know if they did enough to build her because at the end of the day, in two years, she had approximately 60 matches. I think she has not, in my opinion, as a fan, as a fan, I want to use that term for the people who thought they were at me that is a very short time of professional wrestling to have 60 matches in two years. And in, in comparison um, I did a comparison to somebody who was a little bit younger on the other, in the other company in Connecticut, Lola vice, who was a former uh, Bellator cage fighter. She's already had 30 matches as of now in kind of her first year in wrestling. So for Jay Cargo to have 60 matches overall, I mean, it doesn't seem a lot, you know, a lot of times it's It goes back to the old adage, practice makes perfect. And I, th- and I do believe Jade was spending a lot of time with QT in the nightmare factory, if I'm not mistaken, learning as quickly as possible to learn and pick up the sport. But it just takes time. And I think, you know, not having maybe enough matches – Maybe, you know, maybe not AW having a specific development area for her to hone her craft. And in every in every profession, we keep learning. Even me, I've been working in education for over 10 years. I learn every day. That's just part of what it is, is, being a professional. So I don't know if they've set her up to reach her full potential in two years. It's just how could you, if you just started wrestling, to be the success that you are? I think she could pick it, picks it up very quickly I think the way that she presented herself in matches and the way that they produced her matches made her look great. But I, there are certain things that comes with that. Like, you know, we saw her rise because of her undefeated streak. But then what would be her decline, essentially, by starting to lose matches? And what would we see from her going back to being a contender, essentially, in the women's division? And we've, you know, we've had, I think, some constructive criticism about the way that AW has produced a women's division since its inception. Um, maybe this wasn't for her to move on and evolve. AW may not have been the right place for her because of her inexperience, and going um, and leaving may have been in her best interest. As a, if this was her goal, is to be a a mega star wrestler.
1: Now, um, in a lot of ways, you know, my take is they did what they could with her and they got a lot out of her. They, she definitely elevated herself as a star to a point elevated the TBS title as a, a title that actually matters and that is going to matter going forward because she had it so long. Uh, you know the baddies, all that stuff. She brought something to it. I've talked about Jade on so many levels. I mean, I one in a million. I I told her, and I, st- I and I I mean this as much as anyone can mean a hypothetical situation. I said if aliens came down and they said, hey, show me your perfect specimen of human, Jade Cargill is literally at the front of that list. Like. You know, they take those things and it's like, well, if you take this person's eyes and this arm and make the perfect athlete, you don't need to take anything else from anyone else for Jay Cargill. She's Jay Cargill. She perfect as far as as perfect as a human can be. Almost too perfect. You know what I mean? It's like, like, and then when you meet her, she's nice. Like, no reason to be that nice. <laughs> <laughs> like even when she's trying to be that bitch and she's trying to be like a sassy she's still nice so she, from what i can tell i again i don't know her personal life she, she can she could be whoever everyone she just seems like a pretty good human right so that's good then she came through wrestling And she was what they needed her to be. She was their Goldberg. She she ran through a lot of people, and I think a lot of times they just didn't have enough competition for her. And she never, you know, worked with the big big stars. So I think that was, you know, that was something that held her back. But if you ask me from the beginning, she was a WWE talent in AEW. I mean, she is meant for uh, WWE. She looks the part. She can go out there and put on three-minute matches where she dominates, you know, and then when it's time to, you know, to put on the big match with some of the veteran stars, they can get her through it. And I just think I could see her becoming this, like, mega star, not to steal a line from uh, LA Knight, in WWE, and I don't think there's anything that AEW did wrong. I think some people... Their presentation, their style, their look and everything is going to work for w- better for WWE. And I think there are some people, their presentation, style and stuff is going to work better for AEW. I don't think Darby Allin gets over in WWE. I don't. I don't think he's as big a star as he is in WWE. Uh, say I'm wrong, right, wrong and different. I don't think he is. I think the dude, is his size, his charisma, his look, everything is perfect for AEW. I think I think I, I say that about Malachi Black. He was great in WWE, but I feel like he's on like to me another level in AEW. As about how they present him, he's just as badass. I'm just waiting for him in, to be in a title picture because he's presented that way. He's presented as a main attraction. They don't over, they don't put him on the show too much. So I use this as an example. It's some people that work better here, and there's some people that work better there. There is some. There are some people that is like, I always come from real sports. There's some people that work better in the spread offense. There's some people that work better in a power rushing offense. There's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't mean you failed. It doesn't mean you missed. It just means this person works with this better than the other. So I wish, let me be first to say this. I don't want a lot of people going from AWWE, but when you do, I wish Jay Cargill the best. Like I said, any time I've had any interaction with her, which is very small, I'd say maybe ten minutes total, we we bowled with her, you know, and uh, but she was always pleasant. She was nice. I mean, like, that, just, like, over abundance. When I uh, went to the con, she remembered me, and she was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, yeah, you come to all my stuff. She, of course, doesn't know my name, but she knew that I was a face that came to the shows or whatever, and, you know, that's a lot, you know what I mean, especially for a fan. That's a lot, you know, when people, uh, uh, like, oh, I've seen your face before kind of thing, so uh, shout out to Jade. I, like I said, I think... The, the AEW, in this case, was kind of her developmental territory, and now she's going to WWE. Rumors, innuendo, is that she's going straight to the main roster. I would not waste Jade or spend any time with Jade in NXT. I think you get put her on national TV because she's coming from national TV. I don't know what her name was going to be or she's just her name or whatever she's going to do. But it's somebody you build up and you treat as important. You don't beat them. You don't beat them for a very long time. I'm not saying do the Oscar streak thing, but she sh- she should lose very rarely. And it's just and there's another woman I feel that way about that I'll talk about in a minute. And uh, so yeah, um, yeah, that's the Jade Cargill uh, stuff because uh, I could actually talk about her for much longer because I I do think uh, I do think she's exceptional. I when I see Jade, I say I am a fan of Jade, so I'm going to root for her no matter where she goes. Um... The second big story of the week is it's, see, I didn't know where to go with this. I'm going to say it's AE Grand Slam, AEW Grand Slam week, but I also was not going to go is rumors and innuendos. So, they're, they're kind of tied into it. Rumors and innuendos. Uh, uh, HBO Max uh, has looked like they're launching a live sports tier for $10. It was announced, uh, that's going to be a live sports tier. Right now, a Warner Brothers Discovery, I guess it's just called Max. It's going to be a $10 live sports tier that's going to be labeled under Bleacher Report, right? A lot of people thinking this is opening the doors for AEW and their product, as far as pay-per-views and all that stuff, to eventually go on HBO Max, doing 12 pay-per-views a year, maybe Dynamite and uh, Rampage streaming. I haven't heard any numbers, but just the idea of them being on Max. What do you think about that, JR?
2: Television is a changing landscape, as, and it has been a changing landscape for a number of years. Um, every year, the number of people who are, quote-unquote, um, like, subscribers like that are connected to a cord uh, is dwindling. Every year, the amount of people who are cutting their cord is increasing. I think I last time I saw... I think like 39% of households actually still have cable, if I'm not mistaken. And the other 61% subscribe to either streaming services or no services at all. So, you know, it's a combination of both. And um, I think it was 39%. It actually may be lower, but they expect it to go down every year uh, because people are tired of paying high costs for cable. So, what does that do? Well, that is a situation where networks paramount uh comcast with peacock uh amazon prime netflix disney espn plus where they have to provide content a new way of revenue sources and to and they need content max i have max or hbo max which became max when they merged with uh discovery i think it was called discovery plus or something like that um I'm at the point though with it where I'm about ready to cut that, cut that out of my subscription service. Cause while it does have a lot of stuff from HBO, it's just a lot of things I really I there's things I just don't watch. I've kind of went through the gamut of HBO stuff. And but that doesn't mean that there isn't a very high, I do believe they have a very high subscriber count, though. And by adding a sports tier, Now you've intrigued me. Now it's something, okay, you are adding additional service that I may need or want to watch things like baseball or basketball for $10 a month if I don't have, especially for people who cut the cord, because sports programming is the highest rated uh, type of programming there is left on cable television. And to have that as a streaming service, you'll get individuals who may cut their who are hesitant to cut their cord. But now, if you give them an option to to stream, that's a plus. Well, that now going back to us wrestling fans, that's an issue for some of us because we don't we don't have a way to watch our sh- shows because you have to have cable essentially, or you need to have a service like Hulu Live, Hulu Live, or YouTube Live, or Sling T- or Sling Live. So by having that, now you're getting a situation where you may grow your potential viewership because now you're getting another way to view it through streaming service. I think it's a positive for both potentially AEW as well as the um, Warner Brothers Discovery to that to be potentially an option to have Dynamite or Rampage or Collision stream through them. Now, as far as the I think the, the other question you had was about pay-per-views, or that may have been your main question. This is, a very, this is a very delicate thing to balance because wrestling fans for years are not used to buying a monthly pay-per-view. Now, AEW has a very dedicated audience, a very dedicated hardcore audience that is willing to give money to AEW. And they've seen consistent pay-per-view buys Every single year with Revolution Double or Nothing, Full Gear uh, All Out uh, Forbidden Door has joined that Has done well uh, in 2022 As well as 2023 um, But now that they're Growing with Wrestle Dream, You know we just had All In A week later All Out and then six And the, I think you and I did the math Basically four weeks later Was Wrestle Dream, And then Six seven weeks after that will be full gear. And now there's a rumor of a potential, um, a potential December card, a new year's Eve type card. Now we don't know how the audience is going to respond to that. So if there is a way where you can get them to do your $10 a month type of service through max that wrestling fans have become accustomed to since 2014. Now we're kind of talking. Now we're saying like, you know, people may be, willing to, to you know, are going to be more likely to give $10 a month than $50 a month. So I don't know how it's going to work out if they do the $50 a month pay-per-view uh, and do it 12 a year. So I I don't know if I answered your question.
1: No, this would be assuming that going to Max would be assuming that, you know, they would sign the deal with Max and their pay-per-views would be included. So what would you think about that?
2: I think it'd be great. I mean, I love more, I love more weekend content. I, I, and that's the always, that's the one hard thing I have about the weekend is I feel, man, Monday through Friday, I get a lot of wrestling on the weekends. I don't get enough wrestling. So I mean, I would love, you know, a big show once a month, if I was paying $10 a month for it. I think fans would too. I mean, you have something to build towards. I think that's one of the things is you get to a situation where sometimes you talk about matches. It's like, man, it kind of feels like it needs a bigger spotlight. It kind of needs, it needs a bigger stage. Well, if you do something once a month, it kinda it does have a bigger stage. In my opinion.
1: Well, I know you're you're a pay you're in that pay-per-view mentality. I try to get you out of it all the time, but oh, build to a pay per view, build to a pay per view. I'm like, me every Wednesday's a pay per view.
2: When, <laughs> when uh AEW came out in twenty nineteen, you want me to change something that I've become accustomed to for the previous uh like twenty eight years as a wrestling fan?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, especially when you were one of the people saying you shouldn't call them pay-per-views anymore. You should call them whatever they call them, uh, and they come up with the tearing Premium Live Event. Pay-per-view hasn't been a business oh. in forever. Uh,
2: I they're called, I called them a, uh, uh, what did I call them? I basically said it was like Saturday, night, Saturday Night's yeah. Main Event.
1: Yeah, pay-per-view died when the WWE Network started, so you weren't uh, to the previous 28 years. It died.
2: Okay, so I was that I was that way for the previous twenty six years, and then it became like built towards a premium live special, whatever the hell you want to call it, for the next five years.
1: Dude, TV, TV is king, even though it's kind of going away from the way we know it, but um. No, uh, I'm excited as a person that uh, anyone will tell you I purchased quite a few of the shows. And I, you know, I try to make sure all my friends get to watch the shows. I'm, I'm uh, big on that. Uh, you know, it's like I want to make sure uh, AEW is viewed by as many people that want to view it. So, you know, the brain grows. You know what I mean? It's like I, 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 my, part, my part is infinitesimal, <laughs> you know, as far as it. But I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to do what I can to make sure everybody sees it. Stay vigilant as the term that I used before. I always try to make sure everyone can see as much of the show as possible. So uh, if we can get it to the point where, hey, shit, you know, you got HBO Max and you're all good. Dude, that saves me. I'm not going to say the number, but it saves me quite a bit of money a year because they don't want it to seem like I'm bragging or anything. But yeah, saves me quite a bit of money a year. I can do that to buy more FTR merch. Uh so yeah, uh but the other thing, the other big story of the week as we get into it is AEW Grand Slam. We're about to review AEW Grand Slam Wednesday from Dynamite. Uh but before we do that, we want to make sure you are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you could do us a small favor, there is two way or two ways to download uh All Things Elite. One is through the social suplex feed. One is through all the personal all things elite feed. If possible, I know you have your download set up. I'm, if it's trouble, don't do it. But if you, if possible, if you can download the, make sure you're downloading the one also from the all things elite feed. Uh, apparently, that helps us as far as uh, you know views and advertising and money and blah 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 uh, stuff. I've never even thought about when doing this. I don't. Uh, yeah, it's like it is what it is, but if you could do that small favor just change how the change still the same show It's just available through the direct all things elite feed uh, Please leave a ratings and review if you're so inclined if you can follow us at at elite pod at social suplex At Austin some and at floyd johnson jr on twitter jr is no longer on Twitter, he gave it up. He, cooked, come, he, he took that. Needle, me on Blue Sky. He, he took that needle out of his arm. He 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 cut off. Uh, he he cut off. Uh, what's his name? Tesla guy. uh oh, cut, battery boy. Yeah, they, Elon Musk. Yeah, they he cut off Elon Musk. He said, "No, uh, you don't get no more of this." But you can always catch Jr. here, and if you have any questions to Jr., tag the at at Elite Pod. Just say for Jr. and ask him a question. He will make sure he gets on there and answers it, or I will ask him to answer the question, and then I'll just go type it in. One or the other. But uh Jr. is pretty pretty. I mean, I talk to him all the time. He's pretty much uh he's as active as anybody when it comes to being on this show. So, uh, yeah. Um, at all? Oh, yes, at Bruce F.A. Hope he brought up the motor machine guns on a question, and I'm just happened to be looking at it, so I just want to bring it. I told him on the, the page, but I'll say it again I love the motor city machine guns. I'm like, I don't know where they fit in my greatest tag teams of all time, but they're very high. Chris Saban, Alex Shelley, uh, when they got together, I was like, oh, this is a cute, cute thing, and they kind of changed tag team wrestling. Uh, they've never gotten their due because of the stage that they were on. But, yeah, uh, it, it's one of those teams that uh, they I, I really never saw a match of theirs that I didn't like. They were always phenomenal. Uh, them versus FTR. If you, if you announce them versus FTR in a small town in Michigan uh, for two weeks from now, I will get in my car and drive there. That's how much I want to see that match. So, believe me, uh, I have nothing but respect for the Motor City Machine Guns. Just wanted to throw that out there, just why it was popped up in my head. But now, uh, do you have any thoughts on the Motor City Machine Guns? I don't want to just skip past you, JR.
2: Oh, I think they're a phenomenal team. I, always, I thought, uh, especially when Chris Sabin was a single star, I thought he was a phenomenal talent in the X Division and TNA. But I thought when they got together, what they were able to do, um, I think also kind of transcended what I thought we were seeing a little bit with tag team wrestling because you know they i think wrestling a lot of times was really you know and i said i'm i'm guilty of this we put so much effort to size and they're kind of our smaller guys It's like could they go against the land of the giants a little bit sometimes when you um i think they had like a very i remember having a few with team 3d and it was just like the them being the best of them in tna and it was that yeah these guys they're they're not they're good but they could also draw as tag team they're amazing and i would actually like to see them as much as possible and i was always called tony Khan enterprises with their ring of honor or aw because you know they're just a great tag team and i think deserve another shot in uh on national on the national stage
1: yeah okay um that's the yeah, end. And that's awesome. I'm just like, I don't want to, like, I might not bring up certain people. I always talk about FTR and the Young Bucks being my favorite tag teams. It's because, in a war, in like, there was this time, there was this, I grew up in such a, like, a golden age of tag team wrestling, and then we had the Hardys, Dudley's, and Edge and Christian during their time, and then uh, APA. And you know, there was another kind of golden age of night, uh, you know, Attitude Era, two uh, thousands uh, tag team wrestling. And yeah, honestly, when the contact team wrestling went away, I had the Motor City Machine Guns. They were the, they knew how to do their thing, and then this the resurgence to me started you know, with the Young Bucks and then FTR continued that, continued the revival, as you would say, in NXT. So they started, you know, FTR is doing it the way I grew up on tag team wrestling being with the new school twist. And then the Young Bucks are doing it in a way that I never thought it could be done and they're successful. So if you you want to know why they're my favorite two tag teams, it's just like one is my favorite tag team because of what they represent as far as wrestling forever, and the other is my favorite tag team because I think they're the best of the new school of tag team. I'm not saying you know, like they just tell the stories a different way, and I think their uh how they tell stories is for both sides is amazing and uh matt selling his uh back and you know they've sold man matt selling his back to some of the best stuff i ever seen and you know and you got ftr and they're, they're they're breakers and when they're heels to me that's the best and they have uh shown a whole different level of themselves by being uh good guys now so it's uh it's crazy so i've enjoyed both i've enjoyed both immensely so I've been very open about that from the beginning. I've, I will never pick between FTR and the Young Bucks because I love them both so much. It's like so such a ridiculous amount that I can't even quantify how much I love those teams. So on to AEW Grand Slam with your 2023 results. It was live from Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York, New York. Uh, I think the ticket sales got right at ten thousand with all the promotions, walk ups. Uh, f- think a few uh, specials uh, got up to ten thousand. We'll uh, talk about the ticket issues or lack thereof or whatever a little later in the show. It's funny because me and Jr. basically host a podcast every day, right? Two or two, we talk on the phone with. I talk to Jr. more than any human, wife included and yeah so we basically have a podcast every night and <laughs> uh, so everything we're about to discuss we're just literally going to discuss with the record button on now so um yeah first match in the night they started off hot hot we had ROH world champion Carly Oclass- castagnoli with Willa Yuta versus NJPW strong openweight champion A. Kingston title versus title um Uh, Just the the final sequence, Eddie clocked Claudio with three backfists and followed up with a northern light bomb for a near fall. Claudio fired off another backfist and then powerbombed Claudio for the uh, pinfall victory. And, you know, Eddie has lost to the Ricola bomb for a few times. So he did his own version of the powerbomb to finally keep Claudio down. And your winner and new Ring of Honor champion, Eddie Kingston, after that match, Uh, Yuta had given Claudio the belt Uh, Claudio with the belt in his hand Stuck his hand out to uh, Eddie Eddie shook it Claudio gave him the belt And then they left Uh, uh, Tony Schiavone, it's a great history So they did the Code of Honor Uh, It's a great moment in the history of Dynamite With uh, Eddie Kingston as the Ring of Honor champion Sir, I finally got to watch this match back Uh, What did you think of the match?
2: It was exactly what I wanted out of it. We had they are in their own ways two great talents an AEW and slash ROH. They had that history that developed a blood feud, which you know how much I love those blood feuds, and they went out there and they put their best foot forward on that stage in New York uh, for um, their championships. I believe this is the next chapter, as you and I were actually at Supercard when they had their first one. I think there's a trilogy that's to be had coming up soon. Uh, I'm assuming that Tony Khan will host a final battle somewhere in December for Ring of Honor, so I'd like to see a trilogy from it because they are both equally great in their own way at what they bring to the table in professional wrestling. Um, I actually would like to see the stakes be upped and having some sort of quote-unquote gimmick match between the two uh, between the two and the uh, potential trilogy bout.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I just thought this match was super physical, and you know it was a fight, and I thought it did tell the story. Uh, Eddie Kingston was talking about making the match grimy and making it dirty, and you know you, you ain't you, you you ain't ready for the suffering. That dude, dude, if you haven't. Uh, go listen to his pr- promo that they recorded on Collision for this show. Man, it's like, dude, it's a level. It's perfect in a different way. So I, I definitely uh, love that. Um, yeah, so what am I doing? Uh, I'm trying to think think out loud. I know that was, uh, but yeah, got a new champion. First match, started off hot, new champion, uh, and I always say this, Austin is way better at this than me. So if I get lost sometimes, I, my brain's broken. So just ignore it. Ignore it. Uh, footage was shown early of the kingdom with Roderick Strong. Uh, you know, Cole checked on him. you wanted to make sure he was okay. And he told him he was going to go uh, help MJF in the match against Samoa Joe. And Roderick's like, go, uh, just go. Just freaking go. So, uh, yeah, Roderick's still playing up the neck injury, trying to get sympathy from his friend. Uh, you know, Adam Coles, you know, in general, terrible person, right? Dude, if I'm in the hospital, JR, right, and my neck's hurt, and I say you stay and you say you're going to your other friend, yeah, we would have a problem with that. This I is
2: such first. like a weird, like such a weird, like story that I I am intrigued. Roger Strong, someone put this out there. true. Like a lot of people think he's like a very like bland wrestler, or he doesn't have a pers- like he doesn't have like a persona. I will tell you what, he's fighting that. If you didn't think he had one before, you he definitely has one now because he's just he's embracing that uh you know, the storyline and, and the and what he's carrying with this like you know this next situation and and you know being there as like, you know, Adam, you need to, you know, be here, support me, love me. I'm your best friend. Like and this jealous friend is like, you know, it's it's kind of amazing when you think about the the work that he's doing and selling the snack job.
1: Dude, this is everything I saw with the Diamond Mine when he was acting all crazy with the Diamond Mine at his time uh his time in NXT the dude understands what understands it. I mean, when he's playing his wrestling, uh, when he's doing this wrestling thing, he's all about it. I mean, to say this man has no personality, you might not like the way he wrestles, but when he is put in backstage segments and all that stuff, I think he knocks it out the park. So maybe, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I think he does an amazing job. Um, Renee was backstage with, uh, Luchasaurus, Um uh, basically Christian says they're going to walk through Sting and Darby at uh, Grand Slam and then there's going to be a three-way match on uh, Collision and in that three-way match it will be Christian Cage versus Luchasaurus versus Darby Allen for the TNT title. Sir, how long in that match before uh, Christian Cage tries to steal the pinfall and steal the belt from Luchasaurus?
2: Putting playing the over-under at 45 seconds.
1: <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is the breakup match. I think this is the breakup match. I think this is when Luchasaurus is like, oh, no. No, you would say you were the champion. I'm okay with that because, you know, I know I'm the champion, but now you're trying to actually take the title from me. What kind of shit is that, you know? Uh, uh, if you want this sharp derby, then Sting isn't allowed at ringside. I thought that was interesting because, you know, old uh, Darby has more than one friend. So I, I would, uh, that would be interesting. I wonder if we're going to see A.R. Fox and uh, Nick, uh, uh, Nick. Nick. I'm just going to call him Nick. Nick Wayne. Yeah, his name is too <laughs> yes, normal. Nick Wayne. His name is too normal. Nick Wayne uh, at ringside. So, Alright, then we had Chris Jericho versus Sammy Guevara. Chris Jericho comes out to his normal Judas and Sammy Guevara comes out with friend of the show. I call him friend of the show because he was on the show one time, like four years ago. Monteizi rapped Sammy Guevara uh, to his, uh, the ring with his Sammy Guevara song. I was very excited for him. Uh, like I said, he was on the show a long time ago. Uh, Rich Lotto was on and asked him some questions. So, yes, he is, he is part of Team All Things Elite, even though, you know, It's been years since he's been on the show. No, but Montese, very, very, very talented guy. Uh, Wrapped Sammy to the uh, uh, ring. And then I had this thought process towards the end of the match. We will get to after we discuss the match. I thought Jericho and Sammy put on a banger. I thought this was a really fun and exciting match. Uh, Sam uh, with uh, some callbacks to different things. Sammy hitting a cold breaker. Jericho lion salt. Sammy hit uh, a top rope uh, cutter. Uh, you know it was, uh, and at the end, it was Sammy. Uh, it was Sammy trying to hit a what a shooting star press, and Jericho changed that into cold breaker, and then won the match. Uh, a, a sign of things to probably come. Uh, Sammy Guevara wore a uh, uh, gear that looked exactly like the gear Chris Jericho wore when he focused Shawn Michaels. I felt like that was foreshadowing when someone said it. Uh, after the match, they're hugging, they're celebrating, and then uh, Sammy Guevara does what? No. Hold on. Let's pause. I'm moving too quickly. You know, I always tell myself when I'm moving too fast, gotta slow down. Jer- uh, JR I know you're not the biggest Chris Jericho fan in the world, but what did you think of this match?
2: Yeah, I hate when the fact that Chris Jericho puts on good matches, and I have to give him, I have to give him, you know, praise because they had a great, they had a great match. I thought, and I use this term, you know, sometimes when I think of you know wrestling that could be technical or, or when they go through sequences, it seemed very fluid. There was it seemed of uh, they had great chemistry working together. Every, like It looks like they knew exactly where they were going. They knew the story they were trying to tell. Um, it was I think perfectly laid out. And I think they executed to a T. I lo- I loved every part of watching it. And I I think um I think Sammy really needed this, you know, this like, you know, because I felt he was been stagnant. And just having that opportunity to get a match like this with somebody who has the experience and that has the career that Jericho has was, like, really important for him.
1: Sammy needs that match. He did it with the Cody ladder match. And he uh, that reminds people that he is really, really good at professional wrestling, right? I mean, that's what sells on him. He is not a super uh he's not like a super big guy you know like as far as stocky or tall i mean he's kind of a normal sized dude and uh, you know a good looking kid uh i say it like that because that's how i always heard it put so don't take any uh dis- i'm not disparaging him anyway using that term um uh, uh and then you know but he, what he does the thing that he sells is that he is phenomenal in the ring. He can high-fly, he can move, he can sell, he can do everything in the ring, and he, he has these matches to remind you that Sammy Guevara is really, really good wrestler. So, in the end, as I move forward, now that you know, I actually stopped and talked about how good the match was, Sammy Guevara uh, with Don Callis hits Chris Jericho in the nuts, and Shisami Guevara joins the Don Callis family. Uh, we all saw this coming. I, I, I don't think there was a surprise here. How did you feel about the execution?
2: It's actually funny because if you think about it, the, the, they paid homage to Wrestle 20, WrestleMania 19, Shawn Michaels, Chris Jericho, where they had a classic match, one of the best matches, in WrestleMania history, and stick out the hand of gesture for like, you know, friendship and Jericho kicks him in the nuts. That was like literally 20 years ago. That was in like March of 20, 2003. You were there. I think that was your first WrestleMania. If I'm not mistaken, Seattle was then saved co
1: Yep. First one.
2: So I mean, literally 20 years later, you know, history repeats itself in a way, but it was, I always say a truth from a line that they used in a, in a, chucky in a chucky movie a true classic never goes out of style hey if it don't broke if it ain't broke don't fix it let's do it again play it back and i thought it was great and the fact is sammy as we talk about a pillar we talked about his athletic ability time and time again in aw but he's been like just stagnant and you and i know I and mean, we don't have to you know let's not beat around the bush his fans turned against him in 2020 at the end of 2021 and going to 2022 because of his personal life and you know i don't think that was fair you know these people you know we would you know we see actors and actresses on television all the time who go through personal stuff we don't know that man's business we don't know what really happened just and so let's just look at him on who he is on television, he's a great athlete, he's a great wrestler, he's grown leaps and bounds in AEW from the inception, having the first match with Cody, on a- the first ever Dynamite in Washington, D.C., to where he's at today, um, almost exactly four years later in AEW, and he needed something to gain that momentum back, and having that, that uh, he already had a heel turn, but this was a significant heel turn, and being able to play with that that dastardly SOB, Don Callis, I think is going to turn him up for where he can finally step up and move into from like a mid card to being a main event heel for EW.
1: Bad guy Sammy Guevara is my favorite version of Sammy Guevara. Uh, he has a punchable face. I've talked about it the first time I ever saw him. As far as in live was uh, the seventieth NWA seventieth anniversary, that match that, that he had that Chris Jericho said that uh, he was signed for a war. If you actually look, there's like crowd shots during that match. You'll see me. Uh, I was front row with my wife, uh, so I saw him and I was like, "Oh, this dude is really, really athletic." And I thought he was. I thought he was too small. That was. My whole personal opinion of that time and but ever since you know, he made his debut and all that stuff I've done nothing but become a fan of Sammy Guevara because you know what I try Only to think about what they do in the ring, you know what I mean? I don't know these people personally his personal life is his so what he does in the ring. He is phenomenal at it and yes,
0: These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero
1: sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. Enter high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. I think the Don Callis group uh, needed to start moving on. This, this family needed to start building. Snap, snap, snap. Quick, quick, quick. And, uh, yeah, we got a new piece. I thought it was kind of dragging. So now we got uh, Takeshita, young, athletic. Amazing in the ring, Sammy Guevara, young, athletic, amazing in the ring. I feel like he has a type. I feel like Don Callis has a type. So I love, I love the group. I think they all can benefit from Don Callis on the mic, uh, his management, you know, his thirty-year career in wrestling. And I'm not like this is not even me thinking like kayfabe was just direction on putting together matches and waiters to present themselves. Don Callis has been in wrestling so long. He's been with some of the best wrestlers in the world. He's going to help you with your presentation. You know what I mean? If you let him. That dude just has too much wisdom not to listen to. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this going on because I think Takeshita has looked like, I thought he looked amazing and it was a big star, but since he went to look at Don Callis, he looks like a world champion. So that's good. Uh, MJF had strong words for uh, Samoa Joe Adam Cole's phone rang and when he answered it was Roderick Strong. Cole told Strong to calm down and walked away from MJF to console Roddy. Uh, uh, Renee tried to interview Sammy Guevara and Dallas Callis backstage. Don said all will be revealed this Friday on Rampage. Daniel Garcia got in Sammy's face when they, but Callis insisted they walk away which I don't understand. That does not make sense. Daniel Garcia did his little dance and bounced on Chris Jericho. Sammy Guevara was a little more aggressive in his bouncing towards Chris Jericho, but he basically did the same thing. So what? What would? Uh, what would Daniel Garcia? Why would Daniel Garcia be mad in this situation? Jr. Any thoughts?
2: Uh, for lack of a better word, sympathy. Be sympathetic <laughs> to a guy who they think is maybe who who got back to his old roots
1: um yeah because like i always say jericho's not the good person in this he tried to join the don Callis family and don fucking messed it up like he he wasn't trying to like oh i'm gonna do the right thing no he tried to abandon his friends to join the family chris jericho in essence is getting everything he deserves correct
2: Oh, you're not. I mean, you're not wrong. Like, I have no.
1: The other sympathy thing too, is
2: there's always been tension between Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara. Yeah. So it just one of those things where it's like a national thing. Like, I will always be against you, no matter what, because yeah. they just they yeah. just seem to have like that chemistry to not be on the same side.
1: I think someone in the back of AEW should uh, help them because I used to be like, good guys are idiots, right? You know, I've always said that good guys are idiots. And they have no friends now I'm finding out good guys are terrible friends between hangman page uh adam <laughs> uh, uh, Adam Cole and Chris Jericho, good guys quote unquote are terrible friends right they're
2: they're worse than they're worse than like a bunch of d c villains
1: yeah I would <laughs> like I'd rather have I'd rather have a bunch of enemies they're just terrible friends. I was like, uh, then we had the AEW International Championship match. We had John Moxley versus Ray Phoenix. This match had a little controversy at the end. Uh, JR, I'm going to give you a moment to go off on it, of course. Uh, uh, Mox curb stomps Ray Phoenix on the stage ramp. Moxley spiked Phoenix with a pile driver for a two count. Ray Phoenix hit Moxley with the Senton Atomago, then a pile driver. Uh, this is where the controversy comes in. Uh, um, referee, uh, what's his name? Come on. Rick Knox. Rick, Rick Knox, your guy. Your guy. No, count one, two. Moxley didn't kick out, and he called it a kick out. I mean, we're calling a spade a spade. Uh, Excalibur and the people on mic tried to cover it, said it was switched or whatever. Uh, apparently, on the first file driver, Mox was legitimately injured. Uh, Ray Phoenix then picks him up, Hits the pile driver again, which I guess wasn't the plan finish, but he then gets the three. Your winner and new international champion Ray Phoenix. So, Jr., we've talked about the end sequence, and I know the injury kind of changed your mind, but you know it kind of gave you more sympathy than it changed your mind. But give me your thoughts on the end of this match.
2: I just first, I just don't like Rick Knox. Uh, it's very. Floyd actually told me this, I guess, and I didn't know this. There is like, a storyline that Rick Knox is a bad referee. A good referee should be somebody that is invisible, essentially. You know, being invisible while being visible, like, just blends into the background. I just... I don't know what it is. Rick Knox it just seems to be, like, a, for lack of a better words, a bumblefuck. And, and I get so frustrated when he's in every Young Bucks and FTR match. Like, I want to, like... I want to just... Chew glass because I can't stand the dude. I think he's a terrible the, the way that they have him or whatever he does is just makes him a terrible ref. But um besides that, like you know got my mini rant on Rick Knox, it's a very, very unfortunate ending. Um it's one of those things where you know wrestling is a dangerous it's a dangerous profession. Accidents can happen, and you know, Phoenix just accidentally dropped the Moxley on his head. And you see his head just, you know, crush into the mat in ways that really kind of, you know, brings back memories of, you know, when it happened to Stone Cold in his match against the late Owen Hart in SummerSlam 97. I mean, it was a different, it was a different type of, it was a different move, but it was the same essential thing where the guy drops down and, you know, head hits and head goes down and, you know, there's a way to do it where you're supposed to, you know, protect the head of the opponent, because as Stone Cold put it, it's a heavy load coming down onto somebody's, you know, head. And Moxley, um, you know, he hit, he hit his head, and all of his weight came crashing down on it.
1: Yeah, and that was... I've always questioned a move, because the, when Ray Phoenix does it, if you watch it most of the time, their head never gets near the mat. Like, ever. This was a... Uh, this was clearly not unintentional. You know what I mean? I, I've even said the move doesn't look violent enough most of the time because they heard it never gets towards the mat. And it was just like, when he did it, I didn't even pay attention until someone did like a slow motion screenshot of that dude, bam, right on his head. It was like, oh, God. It, yeah, and it could,
2: be a, it could be a number of things. It could have been like, he, you know, he had a bad grip. He he didn't realize how low Moxley was when he dropped down. It could have been a number of things that went wrong. I, you know, and in, in Knox, knowing that wasn't the finish, didn't count Moxley's shoulder uh, uh excuse me, Rick Knox, knowing that wasn't the finish, knew, did not count Moxley down for three. And from our understanding, Moxley said, I'm not I'm not going to kick out. You need to count the three. Phoenix picked him up, did it again. One two three. We have a new international champion. I just in the end, uh, I just I, I don't even care about Phoenix winning the belt. You know, as much as I love you know, like Ray Phoenix, it's all about Moxley. I hope Moxley you know is okay. I think it came out that he has a mild concussion, which sounds very weird because a concussion is a concussion the way I see it. I hope he's okay. I hope he gets tons of rest. If we not if we're not forget history, he was supposed to take time off after after um, all out last year. Man, Tony Khan, send him a Renee to Bali or the Bahamas or somewhere. Let that man go get a tan. Let that man soak up the sun. Let him and you know give that man a break because especially after this this week, uh, I mean th- yesterday's event for grandson Dynamite, the dude deserves it. So you got and that's on top of the entire year that he just went through,
1: dude. You know what? Uh, just the whole Blackpool Combat Club as a whole. Uh, I I am very much. I always say this. I'm I'm not the hugest fan of this group of people. I'm not. I, I have no problem admitting that. But they have been the MVP stable of this company over the last year. Right? Anytime you need a big moment, anytime you be a mid-match, you can call Danielson. You can call Claudio. You can call Mox. Hell, you can even call Yuta. And they deliver over and over over again. If a group as a whole needed a break, a paid vacation, it's this group. And you know what the odds are? None of them are going to take time off because they're freaking love wrestling in their machines. That's the whole thing. We can say this all going, we need time off, blah, blah, blah. They're not going to take it. <laughs> They're going to be on Collision. They're going to be on Rampage. They're going to be on ROH. They, I mean, the whole company is held together by them. You know what I mean? So, as much as I, like, give them shit and I kind of got tired of the cluster matches that they were having, I mean, they are cons- as consistent as can be when it comes to AEW. So, yeah, shout out to all of them. Congrats to Ray Phoenix. Uh... He has proven to be the superior Lucha brother, correct, JR? um, yeah, um <laughs> first singles champion in AEW. Ray Phoenix. Now nah, just messing with the, you. Triple crown uh, at this point. Triple crown champion. Oh, for, okay, I heard I
2: saw that. We need to get a de- that the, um, we gotta get a definition about that moving forward. There has to be somebody in AEW Khan has to release it because Triple Crown should be a should be a AEW World Championship, the World Heavyweight Belt. It should be either the TNT or International Belt, and then the Tag Team Belt. Same trio, International and Tag Team Champion. I don't. I'm, I'm not saying that's a triple crown winner. In my this. Is,
1: let me tell you about the trios belts in AEW. They have been protected and is treated as much prestige. This is not other companies' trios belts that change every week. <laughs> you know their champions have substantial runs and when they lose them it's a big deal. I think the trios belt for a most, for a long time as far as especially at the end of uh 2022 beginning of 2023 I thought the trios belt was treated better than the tag belts. So I don't yes, I think you're a triple crown champion if you hold any three belts in AEW because other than the TNT belt those belts aren't really passed around a lot. So Shout out to Ray Phoenix, Triple Crown Champion. You know, I mean, today, unofficial. Can we get a Phoenix pinning match? Come on for the title. Let's go.
2: Hey, they'll we'll, we'll turn down the house for that one, Dude. especially if we do it in the Southwest.
1: Dude, I have uh, I've seen like three or four of their matches. Man, never not entertaining. That's just flat out never not entertaining. Uh, yeah. Uh, then we got Soraya. Saraya Saraya. I always say Saraya, even though I know it's Saraya. I already say Soraya. But Saraya with uh Ruby Soho versus Tony Storm. Uh at the end Tony Storm grabbed Soraya, kissed her on the mouth, and then spiked her with a Storm Zero for a two count. Sarah uh Saraya dodged the hip attack and nailed t- uh, Tony with the nightcap grabbing the pinfall victory. Lots of shenanigans for um from the outside, but with Ruby. So, but in general. So again, this is another match I had to watch back. I got distracted doing the show. This match kind of banged. It was. A, I thought it was a really good match. I mean Like, if, am I? Is it going to be in my match of the year? Or not. I don't, I don't, yeah, but you know, no. I don't care. I thought this. I thought you got the most out of Soraya, and I think this was her best match since she came to AEW. I and I thought Tony Storm is killing it with this Marilyn Monroe type character. And her character work has been amazing. It's doing nothing but enhancing who she is. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome when she finally gets a title run with this, whether it's TBS or the world title run. She's amazing. I just thought this match was just very entertaining. And it was like, it got to a point where, you know, usually when I'm trying to watch a match back, sometimes I get distracted uh, about, Five, six minutes in, I was hooked for the rest of the match. So, what did you think?
2: When when you think of professional wrestling, you think of a match, there's different types of matches. You have hardcore matches, brawling matches, technical matches, high-flying matches. But what this match was, was this, is, this was a match about storytelling. They told a story in the match, you know, uh, and... Through a number of ways, whether it was Tony Storm with her shoes, whether it was Tony Storm, you know, even put, you know, planning that kiss on Soraya. Everything about this was was telling a story throughout the duration from this back and forth situation between Tony and Soraya. So I, what you may, what some people may, may think this match lacked in, you know, technical ability or more ring work, they, brilliantly told a story that kept the audience intrigued throughout the entire duration and was, I feel, on the edge of their seat on is Tony going to upset and defeat Soraya and become the new women's champion in here at Grassland Dynamite. So for me, this wasn't as much about ring work as about it was a story that these two ladies put together from beginning to end in that match that made it that made it exciting and made it like, you know, must see television.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I, and I just, yeah, I just thought thought they got the best. I thought they got the best out of them. Uh, I got the best out of her in this match and I, and that's good. That's all you want. And in its main event time, we have our AEW world championship match MJF versus Samoa Joe. Uh, the fans chanted, he's our scumbag. And there was a lot of shenanigans in this match. Uh, but, uh, go again, sticking with the stake. We're going to go to the final sequence. Samojo named, the MJF. Uh, Samojo kicked MJF with a low blow after the referee got distracted. So in this case, MJF had gotten the ring and he did this little shit in green towards the camera. And he came in to hit him. It uh, came in to hit Samoa Joe in the corner. Samoa Joe turned down the ref. Ref sees the ring. Takes the ring out of uh, uh, MJF's hand. Samoa Joe kicks uh, MJF in the nuts, uh, uh Then hits him with a muster buster. MJF kicked out. You should have saw this look on Samoa Joe's face. He couldn't believe it. And he applied the sleeper. Uh um mjf was almost out adam cole like like super friend comes and jumps off the ramp kind of tweaks his ankle but he soldiers his way through and he comes to max and he wakes up max um um uh mjf uh gets out of it he does the baby face gets out of it he plied to sleep from samoa joe but joe shoved mjf in the corner adam cole jumped onto the ring apron Uh, Samoa Joe tried to take a swing at Adam Cole. As Joe and the ref had their backs turned, MJF used his riffs tape around Samoa Joe's neck. MJF choked out Samoa Joe, and the ref stopped the match with MJF retaining. MJF dropped the evidence, and Adam Cole quickly picked it up and hid it in the pocket. Samoa Joe got to his feet and shoved Adam Cole. MJF jumped in between them, acted as a human shield. Samoa Joe offered his hand to MJF. Samoa Joe shook MJ's head, giving the devil his due.
2: What did you think of this match? The only thing that I felt was wrong with it was I felt Samoa Joe essentially killed MJF like like three times in this match, and for a a wrestler the caliber of Samoa Joe, the Samoan submission machine, you know this you know monster who's been in the ring with everyone from Kurt Angle to Brock Lesnar. Um, And anybody in between, uh, from his time for Ring of Honor, TNA, WWE, and and, uh, now AEW, I felt that they that they overdid the uh, adversity for MJF to get him, and then at the end of it was like he he kind of pulled a rabbit out of out of a hat to beat Samoa Joe.
1: I mean, it, I mean, he literally won it just like he's won every other match. He cheated. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. no, no, but it, but it's the
2: difference though is that he's coming in already with an injured neck. Yeah. So he has an injured neck. He got put through a table. He got piled driven on concrete. He got low blowed. It just it just seemed it was very excessive when it didn't need to be. He was already injured. Like, did we have? Do we have to like you know, you know roadkill run him over and scrape him off the mat and then him to pull the rabbit out of its head that that's my only thing it's just it's kind of similar to what i say about darby just like man fucking darby has to go through you know eight levels of dante's inferno and then and somehow magically gets to win against you know other talent and it, i think that was my like i said it's my thing i just thought it was a little bit a little bit too much but i like the ending hey you defeated samoa joe you got your respect Now let's see what's next up for
1: MJF. And I kind of called it before the match started. I was like, Adam Cole's going to cheat in the end to help MJF. He didn't really cheat during the match, but he kind of cheated and helped him hide it. Because I like the story that's being told that MJF has made Adam Cole. I mean, Adam Cole has made MJF a little better. MJF has made Adam Cole a little worse. (laughs) So, uh, no, uh, with the choke out, with the tape, I love they're keeping the spirit of MJF. MJF is not this uh, fair rules, let's shake hands at the end of the match kind of guy. He's kind of still a dick. And that, you know, it actually works for him. And he's making it work. And people in New York love him. I thought this was a really great. uh, I thought this was a really great match. Uh, Samoa Joe is, dude, his last main match he lost, right? On TV, he lost, right? As far as, like, if you talk about all in, right? He loses and then comes back, and he's so Samoa Joe that you still think he can win this match. I mean, I heard legitimate, like, thoughts and suggestions that Samoa Joe wins this match because this dude is the the utility player. He is always a threat. I do not understand how a company could have a Samoa Joe with his uh, 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 ability in the ring, his ability to cut the mic, and to decide that they don't have anything for him. I, and this is not a shot at anyone. It's just he's such a versatile, uh, such a threat to every title. He'll always make your champion look good. He always puts on a great match. Like, Samoa Joe is almost in this needed piece as long as he continues wrestling. You know what I mean?
2: Oh, I'll take a shot. WWE's fucking dumb for letting Samoa Joe go. (laughs) Because, and I follow his career, and yes, he is older. And yes, he is not like your stereotypical body because he's a little thick. But when he gets a mic in his hand, there's very few people today in professional wrestling that can cut a promo like he can
1: dude he makes you feel yeah,
2: go, go watch his promos against and i say this against brock lesnar when they were billing for their match some back i think it was in 2017 18 somewhere around there he had me believe before the match that he could be brock lesnar during the match he had me believe he could be brock lesnar After the match, even after Brock won, he still had me believe on the mic that he could beat Brock Lesnar. He gets it. He gets wrestling. He gets wrestling just being... not In his situation, he's not a heel or a face. He's a badass. And that's his persona. And that is why it makes zero sense that a company gave up on him. And for me, with him being in AEW, I really do feel they should find a position for him that's more on AW television, which I do think, you know, moving forward, I think TK will do that. I think it's in his best interest. I think it's the best interest for the product to do that because he will get people in because he is believable.
1: Yeah, he is. He's just... And the fact that he gets... Uh, he uh, gets a little lost by cheating, but he's like, I was trying to cheat too. So he shakes your hand. He's like, hey, you know, yeah, you were better at me at cheating this time, and, and there was no hard feelings, and you respect Samoa Joe. So, overall, I thought this was an amazing, a really, really solid, because I mean, it's funny, because AEW puts on so many amazing shows a year. It's almost like you run out of that, it, should you be using that adjective anymore? You know, like but yeah, this was a really great show. Uh, I think uh, I think every match delivered a lot of single matches. They uh progressed stories, you know, they did everything that you're supposed to do in the show. And, like if you ask me about anything other than the minor blip at the end of uh unboxing uh Ray Phoenix, I thought it was uh I thought it was uh, pretty much a, a show ran with no errors. What did you think? Uh
2: yes. And I will even say this and some people may not agree with this, and that's fine. I think the only thing, when you look at Grand Slam, and and I will say, I think you know, Grand Slam Rampage will be very good based on the matches they put together. I know it was taped, so, and I don't know what happened. When you combine the two shows together, I will say, I believe the matches they put on for Grand Slam Dynamite, Grand Slam Rampage, overall, because we're missing FTR, but overall, is better than what they did for All Out Chicago.
1: Well, I when can you, see
2: that. No, I mean, if you when you look at the feuds that they put together, the storylines they put together, the matches they put together, and overall, I think combined, it was better than what they did for All Out. So that that's why when I say that the, it was the the match listings, the names, the rivalries they had built up to that show.
1: Yeah, I can't I can absolutely cannot disagree with that uh aspect. I uh I didn't really compare the shows. I enjoyed both, you know. I and mean, I was at one of the shows and I I am immediately a person. If I was at a show, I probably enjoyed it way more <laughs> than, you know, somebody that was watching from home or whatever. So I, I will not compare the shows. I thought they were both good shows. Uh we then uh so for the preview from Rampage Grand Slam, which again, this is their longest taping night of the year. I think they left people left about one AM. We have a mixed trails match. We got hey,
2: hold on real quick on that on that note. Yo, AW. I, I'm glad the New York people get this. But you may really want to consider doing two hours of dynamite, two hours of rampage on the East Coast, and I mean minimum move that to like central time you know, when you do your two-hour special for Rampage, because that is a long, long day for people to get off of work, go over to a show, they're hyped for Dynamite, but you start getting close to that, you know, you're past that 10 o'clock hour after a long day, man, you start drilling down, and you don't want anything to show up on your television show, I'm just saying.
1: So, after, uh, after Dynamite other than doing the greatest uh version of Daniel uh Garcia's dance moves ever by Tony Khan. He apparently also teased that uh uh that uh Grand Slam might be coming becoming a pay-per-view like, you know, or a uh, special if they go to HBO Max as you would call them. PLE! PLE! No, uh, I... so so if that happens that would be great, you know.
2: Absolutely, it would be an earlier start time.
1: Yeah, uh Yes, uh, and then, uh, let's see. Oh, so a preview for Rampage. We got a mixed match. Orange Cassidy, FTW champion Hook, and TBS champion Chris Statlander. Orange Cassidy's the only one without a belt. Just throwing that out there. Versus Annie, Anna J, Daddy Magic, and Cool Hand Ange. I love that they're still together. Uh, as far as a group, they're still hanging out. You have Mike Santana in action, which, again, that's a bigger match than you thought. I've never seen Santana his representation, his presence and presentation as a singles wrestler. So it's going to be crazy seeing that. Uh, And I think as far as for audience that hasn't seen this, that match is going to mean a lot to him. I have not read ahead. I don't even know who he's wrestling, but I think that's going to mean a lot as far as presentation going forward. Uh, Sky Blue versus Julia Hart. Uh, we have the Kingdom versus the Hardys versus the Righteous versus the Best Friends winner gets a ROH World Tag Team title match at Wrestle Dream. Then we have the AEW World Trio champions The claim uh, the acclaimed and Daddy Ass. I don't know why they don't just call those three the acclaimed. You know what I mean? But whatever. Versus the Dark Order. Then we have Darby Allin and Sting versus Christian Cage and TNT champion Luchasaurus. Then we have ROH World Tag Team champions. Uh, Six uh, six Man Champions, the Mogul Embassy versus the Hung Bucks of Adam Page and the Young Bucks. So that should be a solid. So again, remember that uh, Rampage this week is a two hour episode. So make sure you make sure you stay off that extra hour for it. Uh, Then uh, we had a collision. What's the collision preview? Uh, Because collisions loaded too. Well, we know, I can tell you this, so we know based on Grand Slam
2: Dynamite, it's going to be Luchasaurus defending his championship against Christian Cage and Darby Allin in a three-way.
1: All right, yep, we have that, Uh, because this show is in Grand Rapids, RVD. Returns to the ring in his home state, so RVD is going to have a match this Saturday, which is crazy. Uh, Texas Death Match. We got deb Nielsen versus Ricky Starks. That's kind of like the match in AEW, one of the, their uh, big matches, like their Last Man Standing kind of thing. Well, then we have Jay White versus Andrade El Idolo. I do I think we might get the the return of the in- Nobles this weekend? Maybe.
2: I I, I hope so because on this note. It just seems very weird. We had Andrade had an entire feud with the House of Black on his own. Yeah. So it's, now it seems like he's gonna start a feud with Bullet Club Gold, the you know Bang
1: Bang Club on his own again. So yeah.
2: please Tony Khan, give my boys some help.
1: Bullet Club and Lij have been, uh, uh, have been feuding forever. So this will be the AEW version of those matches. So I think we gonna we're gonna see that. I think we're gonna see a big return in Grand Rapids. And last but not least, in their open challenge series to younger, younger tag teams, uh, they are, it'll be the FTR defending the tag team titles against the Workhorsemen, even though JD Drake looks like 10 years older than both of FTR. That was just an <laughs> unnecessary shot at JD Drake. I actually like him a lot as a wrestler, but you like, dude, like he has the gray hair and all that stuff. He looks like wrestlers did when I grew up. And that's why I love him. Like, that's what a wrestler looks like. He'd be a TV champion or fighting for the U.S. title. He looks like, like, Bunkhouse Buck and, you know, all those people from... He looks the, like he could be an Anderson. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, seriously, seriously, on the 80s, he lo- he looks like the star of WCW Saturday Night. Like, uh, you know, like, no. I, I, uh, J.D. Drake is a throwback in every ter- uh, term. Him and... uh. I just said the dude's name now. I blanked out on it. Uh, But the Workhorsemen, they work really, really well together. They uh, do old school tag team wrestling and uh, FTR. So they should be a really good match. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, Collision looks like it's going to be really solid again this week. So those are our two previews of that. Uh, Let's see. Have we missed anything? don't Think we missed anything? Can you think of anything we missed as far as AEW news before we talk about the other big thing that happened?
2: Um, no, I mean, I, we, I think we hit every speculation we could possibly think of.
1: So they're in it. Uh, we seem to hit on all the AEW news. The other big news that happened this week were uh, uh, over the last couple weeks is uh, WWE and Endeavor UFC combined to TKO Entertainment. And uh, they took over in uh, WWE last Monday. Uh, last Monday. So I think that was like the 11th. And uh, there was some inner office releases. But today was the first big day of wrestler releases. And again, shout out to... Uh, I want to... Uh, like, I don't... This is not going to go negative. I don't want this to go negative at all. Uh, all these wrestlers, I want to give a shout out to them. They all, in essence, lived my dream. They were all wwe employees they were all wrestlers they uh nxt they got to be on tv the i mean to to some of these people you know they grain fans they're going to be their favorite uh wrestlers forever and you know and some of these people are going to go to the indies and be amazing and maybe come back to the wwe or maybe end up in AEW or whatever but i want to shout out to them because i don't take this lightly. Again. These people are losing their jobs. You know, uh, they, you know, I, I, you know, they're real people. They lost their jobs today. It sucks. Yeah, and we just happen to be recording today. So I ask Jr. And we're gonna do this in the most positive way from the list. And I'm not gonna go through the uh, the list. The list is everywhere. From the list that me and you shared between each other, do you think there's anyone? that you could see uh wrestling in the, uh Tony Khan Enterprises as far as either on AEW programming or in ROH.
2: I I'm actually going I'll go with I'm going to pick two names because I feel I don't want to uh, pick two that I feel like you may go with. Uh the first one is Shelton Benjamin. Shelton Benjamin is a longtime veteran in professional wrestling, got to start I think around 2001, 2002, back in OVW, with and it was part of that super class with Brock Lesnar, Dave Batista, Randy Orton, John Cena, and he was one of the greatest athletes I think I've ever saw in professional wrestling. When he came into WWE from Team Angle to making his run as Intercontinental Champion, what he was able, what he did at WrestleMania 21 in the, in the first half of Money in the Bank, I thought was tremendous. I just loved his work. To this day, I still love his work. Um, I think what he can do is two things for AEW. Number one, I think he could still be on, especially in Ring of Honor, and that were pure wrestling um, in that in that realm, be an, a name for them, of kind of like a veteran name for them. But I think also this is something that when you think about the future of AEW, Shelton Benjamin... Could run a potential wrestling school for for Tony Khan and Ring of Honor and AEW. He could run and teach classes because of his natural ability and his what he's done in the business and the knowledge that he has. I would hire him literally solely on that. I, I think he could do very well in that. Um, the next person to in a similar vein, but I think he would have more notoriety. Um, a little bit because of his success in in the previous company, is Dolph Ziggler. I think Dolph Ziggler would be a main eventer at Ring of Honor for sure, and I think he could be do very well even on AEW. When you think of potential feuds, like I could see him feuding with Darby, I could see him feuding with Ricky Starks, I could, you know, and names like that to uh, to help help them and bring them um with their ring work abilities put on great matches but also i think he cuts good promos he just never i feel like he never really got a fair shake like he got the money in the bank and i felt like something went wrong i think he may have got injured and they took it off of him and he just never really recovered from it and i don't know why but i think you i think he could do well for for AEW. those are the two names that stick out with me um and then i'll turn it over to you because i think there are some names that you may have
1: Yes. Um yeah, uh big on Mustafa Ali. Uh his in ring work uh is amazing. I think it fits with the ROH brand. Uh he could I think he brings a lot to uh the ROH world title pitcher, T V title pitcher, uh even pure title pitcher. Uh he's a very good character, so if you wanted to get him on T V, uh he's always he's very charismatic, always good on the mic. Uh, I think uh, it's it, it, he wasn't allowed that time to actually shine a lot uh, in his previous iteration. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do there. And again, his ring work is of the level that AEW you know usually goes for. Um, as I look down the list, Top Dollar. Uh, I I, I um, was talking about this earlier with Jr. I think his role would be very specific. I don't know. If how him and swerve get along in real life, or if that's a thing or, or what's going on with them. But as a heavy for swerve, because based on, you know, the rap styles and all that kind of stuff, he works as a heavy. He has to understand he's there to enhance swerve. You know what I mean? I don't, I, I, that's how I would use him. I think there's a very specific role for him there. As far as, uh, uh, in that case, uh, he's a big dude, looks good you know you put him in there and have him beat up people you you don't have to necessarily have go out there and have 30 minute matches he may be able to i've not seen anything that led me to believe that but yeah i do think he's a really good personality i love his his raps that he does before SmackDown pretty much every week. I always think they're very entertaining. I he does a lot of work in the community, you know, like feeding people around Maryland. AEW has AEW community. He could fit in right there. Have fun out with that. So I think I think there's a spot for Top Dollar in AEW in a lot of different ways. I just think very, very, he's always seemed like a very cool dude. Um, as I look further down the list, Emma, I would probably bring her on a per basis deal. Maybe a six-week, two-month feud with uh, Paige, leading to a big match. Uh, based on their uh, match at NXT, uh, they could uh, have a really good feud there. Uh, she could probably very much enhance the ROH women's division. Like the women's division is kind of like at a point where someone out on the outside could come in and make a difference. Emma could be that person. Now, if like she wanted to come in and Riddick Moss wanted to be like her meat or whatever her valet I think that that would be a case though uh where you could use both of them my say is freaking huge like I don't know like like this dude's a 6'5 six, 6'6 six, six offensive lineman former offensive lineman in the NFL just big for no reason and he's never been pushed as a big guy you know what I mean so he's someone that could be I think repackaged maybe and there might be something there. I mean, Dolph Ziggler, Shelton Benjamin, I didn't bring them up. Those are kind of no-brainers. Uh, Ziggler's brother works in uh, AEW. They could be a tag team. Uh, Ziggler could enhance any a- any feud that he's in. Uh, he's one of those people. Ziggler is somebody I could see in New Japan because he's such a really he's a really good wrestler. I want to see who he is now that he can kind of tell his own story and he can work his own way. Is he going to just stick to working his WWE style or is he going to try to uh, adapt to like the independent style and use his natural athleticism and charisma to get over? Also, there is a clear spot with him in the Matt Cardona group because, you know, they're like friends in real life from what I understand. So there's a clear spot before him in the Matt Cardona group if he wanted to do that in the whole King of the Indies thing or if Matt Cardona eventually signs a WWE I could see Dolph Ziggler kind of taking over that role from Cardona maybe screwing him over. Uh, Dolph Ziggler is so versatile I was huge fan of Dolph Ziggler but at some point in time and for me, and if you're, I'm basing it on social media and just kind of his comedy I saw, he's he kind of giving, it's like, I kind of am what I am. You know what I mean? It didn't seem like he really, you know, for the, my personal take is like he cared anymore. So maybe this can light a fire on this, his ass. He's on the indies, he's in AEW, he's in everywhere he cares, and he can be the Dolph Ziggler that I was a huge fan of at one point in time. It's like, dude, my first pink shirt was a Dolph Ziggler shirt, because I thought he was uh, pretty amazing. So uh there you go. Uh so that's uh from the list. Uh, again, uh I again wish all the best. I hope they all uh I hope they all Make WWE regret releasing them if that's what they want. Some people, I imagine, will probably go find, you know, either normal jobs or try to get in some form, other form of entertainment. I wish everyone the best on what they do. And I will never say future endeavors because that's just such a dick way to say it. But I wish them the best on whatever they decide to do. It is unfortunate it happened. Because, you know, I imagine some people actually wanted to keep their job. Dana Brooke, no matter what, you know what you say, she showed passion. She wanted to be a great wrestler. She wanted to matter. And, you know, didn't end up working out the way that we wanted it to for her. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, kind of a, I hope that wasn't negative. If if it was, tag us, uh, tweet us and say, hey, that was a shitty segment and you shouldn't have did it. I'll I'll stab you in the face. You know, kind of thing. And I will be okay with that because I was on the fence about it. I was on the fence about it. I decided to do it anyway. So, um, yeah, that's on me. It's, it, you know, this is the show I do. It's on me. So if it was wrong, I have no problem if you letting me know it was wrong. So uh, that was, that's it for basically the show. That's how we ended the show today. Uh, we got a quick one in, uh, which is surprising with me and JR because we tend to go on. Uh, but JR, you got anything left for, for everyone?
2: I, I think this is kind of a general thing and this was for these people that we just talked about um, and, and I think what it is we're, we're hoping the best for all of them and hoping they'll land on their feet um, but in general there are, th- this is kind of a dark day this is a dark day for many of them because they went from living their dream to now they are no longer a part of a company to live their dream and they're unemployed at the moment. Um, The one thing, though, that I can say that is similar to everyone else is we all go through dark periods in our life. Now, moving forward, though, when you're in those dark periods is trying to stay positive and know that there is going to be brighter days ahead, and your fortune will turn up. And the Having that power, of positivity, knowing that good things lie ahead is is extremely difficult. I'm not going to lie. But having that mindset that better things are lying ahead and there will be sunny days um, to be had will is half the battle. Will yourself to be better and knowing that you are capable of being better and capable of greater achievements. So. For those of you out there, if you're going through a dark time and you're going through a, a cloudy day, just remember the future is bright. You, um, the possibilities are endless for you. Keep your head as as uh, as Tony Stark, I would say one part of what she says, chin up and, and keep going forward because um, you are capable of achieving anything you put your mind to. And watch so out for that, the shoe. Watch out for the shoe and with that Just much love and respect to all of you I hope you guys are doing well as you're transitioning From some of our summers into Falls and the, and the weather starts changing As we embrace the Halloween season that's coming
1: Yeah But uh, yeah uh, and that's the show uh, for, uh, for this week uh, Again we're gonna We're gonna be weekly last week Was kind of an aberration as far as We very rarely start recording And then don't finish the show but that's what happened. We started recording and we didn't finish the show because of you know the other thing that got in the way. Uh, so that is, it was shitty, but it sucked because we wanted to do the show. We were we were we were connected. We were talking, and then shit happened, and it couldn't happen. So uh, that does suck. But uh, again, remember to be downloading. Use our feed. All things the lead feed. Uh, support all the social suplex shows. Uh, uh, keeping a strong style uh one nation radio support them all and uh, you know have uh, have everybody's back uh yeah i love i love my shows i'll make sure i download them all so make sure you're uh supporting the social suplex and with that i will end the show like i normally end the show uh you know uh we're heading into fall my favorite time of the year uh if you want to get out there get some things get active you're about to maybe get, you know, depending on where you live in the country, you might be stuck in for a few months during the winter and the snow. So use these last few months of semi-normal weather to get out, get out, get to everything that you need to get done and then get work, uh, get your work in. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate you all to everybody who has listened to a second, a minute downloaded, just download the episodes every show. If you don't even listen to every show, we really appreciate you on this show. And um, yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, so for that, I leave you as I always leave you. Whether it is home, work, or school, always do your best to be a leader.